Hey guys, this is Adrian Wojnarowski of ESPN, and you're listening to the ML Sports Platter. The ML Sports Platter, back with you all over the major platforms, Spotify, Apple, Google, Stitcher, you name it, download, subscribe, leave feedback, and a five-star review. You can hit me on Twitter, at Sports. And go like on Facebook and follow on Instagram, ML Sports Platter. Really appreciate all of the support. We are brought to you by Stanley Law Offices, our good friends over at Liverpool Physical Therapy, Camillus Golf Club, and Stumbling Monkey Brewing Company. My friends in Western New York, Victor, Rochester area, you're coming down from Buffalo. If you're going there from Syracuse, up the I-90, pull off, grab a beer, at Stumbling Monkey Brewing Company. Visit them online at stumblingmonkeybeer.com right there on 61 School Street in Victor, New York. They've got some awesome, awesome beers for you to try, and you can shop online as well. Uh, it's award-winning craft beer. They also serve Finger Lakes area wine and New York spirits. Give them a call. Book your party as well. 585-398-8189. That's 585-398-8189. Stumblingmonkeybeer.com. Stumbling Monkey Brewing Company is the official brewery of the ML Sports Platter. Let's talk some Buffalo Bills football. One more game to go. If the Bills win, they are in as AFC East champs. And who better to talk Bills football with than none other than the voice of the Buffalo Bills, John Murphy. Murph, treat to have you back, buddy. How are you? Mike, good to talk to you. Let's start with this Bills team against the Jets. Uh, Do they get the job done? Do they win the division? What's your preview of the game on Sunday? Yeah, I think they do. Um, I think the Jets are a pretty bad team, and the Bills have faced a lot of bad teams this year. The Jets, I think, have played a little bit better in recent weeks. In, in fact, uh, um, they they almost beat the defending Super Bowl champions last week, but uh, I think they're just sort of outmanned. You know, their rookie quarterback, Zach Wilson, is getting better. Uh, he hasn't, uh, he's thrown 11. Uh, interceptions but hasn't thrown one of the last four games which is a sign of progress he's got a long way to go um i think they they uh have some playmakers on offense but they're just sort of a roster thrown together with a bunch of spare parts and people trying to hang on in the nfl and i don't think they match up very well with the bills Uh, and you know the bills handled them back on november 14th beat them pretty badly 45 to 17 i think the bills have sort of hit their stride now with three straight wins they'd like to win four in a row going into the postseason and and clinch the AFC East title. So I do think it'll be a Bills victory, but, you know, you can't take anybody for granted. The Bills only have to look back a couple of months to their loss at Jacksonville to to remind them of that. In the playoffs, how dangerous are the Bills across the board and how not so dangerous are they? I mean, you know, can they win at home? Can they win on the road? Uh, The ground game now seems to be a big thing. It bailed Josh Allen out along with the defense last week against Atlanta. Um, where, where is this team as it heads into the postseason? Is it still a Super Bowl contender? Yeah, really good question. I mean, it's interesting. You talk about home and road. And they, if they beat the Jets, they'll get at least one home playoff game. And I've had people tell me that because of the way the Bills are constructed and how they played their best, they might be better off being on the road. Right, right. Uh, right. They are, they're a passing team, you know. Yep, and yep. if you get weather like the Bills had back in the first week of December on Monday night against the Patriots, they're not able to pass. Uh, effectively, so uh, that's something I'd listen to. But look, I think they're, I think they're kind of rounding into form. They they've managed to avoid injuries and and, and 
is still a threat, but they've managed to fight through that and keep people fairly healthy. Uh, they have one serious injury. Tredavious White is out for the rest of the year, one of three Bills who are on the injured reserve list and won't be back this year. And so in that sense, they've kept the roster intact more than many other teams in the NFL. I think um, I think Josh Allen is playing great even after his performance uh, you know, with three interceptions last Sunday against Atlanta. I think he's playing great football. And, uh, yeah, I mean, they, they demonstrated that they have some versatility and are, were able to run last Sunday against Atlanta. But I do think they are primarily a passing team and, and do their best when they throw the football. So I think they're doing pretty well. I mean, they're not a Super Bowl lock. Uh, there are teams ahead of them in the standings. And, uh, you know, Kansas City Chiefs are the defending AFC champions. So they are always going to be ahead of them until the Bills dethrone them. But I think the Bills are, are a Super Bowl contender, at least, and maybe um, can can do something. I think getting this win Sunday, this fourth win in a row, will do a lot towards uh, getting them uh, ready to go for the postseason. I really believe that. Yeah, and you know what's amazing, Murph, is that you have all of the ups and downs from this season, right? Like, they outplayed the Titans. Dawkins gets blown up on the left side. Allen slips. They lose the game. They lose to the Jaguars. Ugliest game ever. Well, until the Patriots game in Buffalo. They get steamrolled by the ground game and the Belichick defense. You know, you, they, they've just been so up and down. You know, all the backup quarterbacks and and, 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 the, and sort of the season has kind of come to this point where I think that with all that considered, I think if they win on Sunday, hey, why not 11-6, and six, right? It's only two wins off of last year. You know it's hard to replicate the year before. They came in as the hunter. Now they're the hunted. I don't know. If I'm a, if I'm a Bills Mafia member, which secretly, by the way, I am, I, I, I would say, I would say, Hey, you know what? Eleven and six won the division back to back years. You've made the, the the playoffs what four years now under McDermott. You know what? Go in, ride it out with Allen and company, and see what happens. That that's okay, right? Yeah, I think so. You know, I don't think it's very instructive or it helps much to compare this year to last year Agreed. or any year to another year. You know what I mean? It doesn't yep. really because the, the landscape changes. You know, the AFC is different this year than it was last year. The whole league is different. Uh, the Bills season was different. Yeah, they. They had that uh, up and down stretch for, you know, a, a big chunk of the middle of the season after starting out well and uh, going to Kansas City and winning a huge game there. And then they went, they alternated losses and wins every week for like almost uh, half a season, right? Eight weeks, seven or eight weeks. And that's why this fourth win in a row is, I think, uh, if they get it, would be really important. It would uh, match their longest winning streak of the year, which they had uh, going, in, you know, concluding the Kansas City game. Uh, and I think it would sort of set them up as, hey, this is who we are. This is how we win. It's, and I think with the running game, the emergence of the running game, especially with the weather turning and it's turned now into winter, I think there would be a signal that this is what we're capable of. You know, we're a little bit different than we were back in September. We can do this now. And all of those things kind of play into, uh, you know, the postseason run for the Bills. And look, um, you're, you're up against good teams, and the Bills have had their fill of uh, – struggling teams uh, i think they played at least a half dozen backup quarterbacks or worse this year and uh, for the most part beating them all and i think uh, you get to the postseason you're not going to face uh, struggling teams you're going to face good teams so um it would be uh, look they, they can stand up against anybody i think in the league including the chiefs who they handled pretty well back on october 10th but uh, it's going to be a game when they do and, and teams are going to be out for them just as they're going to be out for the bills so it's going to be, I think, a fun postseason ride for the Bills and their fans. 
Boy, Ed Oliver. I mean, when he plays like this, that defense looks a lot different, Murph. What have you seen out of Oliver the last few weeks? I think this is finally the guy the Bills thought they were, you know, drafting a couple of years ago. Yeah, he's become a real big playmaker. And I, I've got to say, the whole defense, I mean, they've been number one defense in the NFL in terms of yards allowed for essentially the entire season. It was only three or four weeks into the season when they assumed that role. Uh, and Oliver's been great. He's a superior athlete. Uh, he is uh, quick as, as they come for a big interior defense alignment. But i got to say, his partner up front, uh, Harrison Phillips, has been really good too. And Phillips came up with maybe one of his biggest games in his four-year NFL career against Atlanta. The two of them are young and developing, and, and I don't think they've either one of them has hit their ceiling yet. And I think that you, you look at them, and I think you're seeing kind of the future of the Buffalo defense. And and the defense is very strong all, all season long, as I said, number one in the league. The back end of the defense going into the year was regarded as the strongest aspect of that defense with uh, Mike Hyde and Jordan Poyer at safety and Tredavious White. goes on, and it's a long season. They sort of evolved into the front end is now carrying the, its share of the load, right? The back end is still pretty good. Mm-hmm. They don't have Tredavious White anymore, but the, the front end of the defense is, is making plays. Five sacks on a Sunday, for example. Uh, and the two linebackers who play primarily, you know, uh, Tremaine Edmonds and Matt Milano have been solid all season long. It's a really good, versatile defense, you know. They, they don't uh, they don't get a ton of sacks, but they can rush the passer. They, they're stout against the run, the number one against the pass. I think the defense is really the key. Everybody looks at Josh and, and you know, uh, Stefan Diggs and some of the playmakers on offense, but the defense has been the key to the Bills getting to this 10 win and on the verge of their 11th win of the year. When you when you look at this group on defense and you look at the group on offense, if you had to take one guy from each side as unsung Bills, in other words, you go into the year and you say, boy, they're under the radar. They If they produce, of course they can make an impact. I got Harrison Phillips on the defense. I think he's been unbelievable. And on the offense, I got to tell you, Merv, I mean, with all the injuries going on, Corona, all the stuff that's in the works here this NFL season, Deion Dawkins in the beginning of the year, the training camp situation took him a while to get going. Feliciano's been hurt almost pretty much the whole year. Uh, Spencer Brown's had to go right tackle, left tackle. Darrell Williams has switched positions. I think, I, I honestly, I think it's Mitch Morse, and, and you didn't know that that was going to happen this year um, You know, with him at the center spot because of all the injuries in the past, the concussions, etc. I got Mitch Morse on offense at center, and I got Harrison Phillips up front on the defense. Do you have unsung bills for me on each side? Yeah, those are two good choices, by the way. Um, and look, it's interesting. The Bills didn't have, I think it's interesting and almost hard to believe they didn't have more representation in the in the Pro Bowl, and you know, recognizing some of the best players in the AFC. And I guess the fact that some of these guys are not in the Pro Bowl is kind of stunning. For instance, I think Jordan Poyer has had an outstanding year, his best year in the NFL. Um, five interceptions tied with Mike Hyde for interceptions. Hyde is right there as well. But I think Jordan Poyer is is unsung among the public anyway. Is uh, doesn't get much recognition for how solid a season he's had. I think if you ask opposing coaches, they would tell you Jordan Poyer is is the real deal, you know, and a very serious, solid player for the Bills. So uh, I would, I guess, select him for the defense. On the offense, uh, I mean, Gabriel Davis has had a really good year, his second year, uh, missed the one game, the Patriots game with COVID considerations. But I think uh, he's been kind of solid all season long. 
and done more than uh, just, uh, you know, he, he's, he's developed into a starter. Some of that because of the injury to Emmanuel Sanders. But I think even without that, Gabriel Davis would probably be a starter in his second year in the league. Sort of a, uh, a he's a good fit for the Bills, provides a different aspect to their receiving group that they don't have in terms of a little bit of size and very good hands. He's certainly fast enough. I guess those would be my, my two choices, receiver Gabriel Davis and Jordan Poyer at safety for the Bills. I got a quickie uh, on the Bills to wrap up, and then I want to I get your John Madden thoughts. Um, do, do you have a team, John, that, you, that, that should be feared more than any other for the Bills in terms of matchups? We, we have to obviously see how all this plays out. Obviously, if the Bills win and the Pats win, that's a 4-5 deal. The Bills win the division but they'd have to host the Patriots, and I don't think anybody in Bill's Mafia wants New England back in Buffalo just because it's New England. You don't want to end the season that way. It's Belichick. You just don't want to deal with them. Is it the Colts or Jonathan you, Taylor? I, I don't, let me stop you. I don't mind the Patriots coming back here as long as the, you know there's not 50-mile-an-hour wins. <laughs> Seriously, that's the reason why the Bills lost to the New England that day. I think the Bills are a better team than the Patriots, and especially I'd love to go against a rookie quarterback in his first playoff game. I think the Patriots might be my first choice for a Bills opponent, okay. but I'm sorry to interrupt. No, no, no. Can can I also throw in, I'm glad you did, but can I throw this in with, with that yeah. game? In the fourth quarter, the Bills went against the wind. They chose to do so, and they moved the ball every single time just about, and they just couldn't convert in the red zone. So I think the weather in that game is actually completely overrated because what do we hear? 6'5", 230 quarterback. Throw it. It's this time of year. He's the December-January guy. Big, strong, physical. Uh, he can run it and throw it in those conditions. Not many people can. Well, guess what? They did that. It was just basically red zone ed- execution where they fell short. I thought they should have won that football game, John. Yeah, you're right. You're right. And and the Patriots kind of uh, uh, adapted to the weather conditions, only threw it three times. Belichick is a great coach. There's no question about that. I just think the Patriots, I think it would be a great uh, – way for the Bills to maybe stick a fork in the Patriots a little bit more to send Bill Belichick home. We'll see if they can do that. To answer your original question, the one team I, I guess I would, I don't know about fear, but the one thing I would respect coming in here is, is the Indianapolis Colts, yep. to be honest, yep. because of what they did to the Bills back in, uh, what was it, uh, November 21st, I think it was, uh, running the ball as well as they did with an outstanding offensive line. And look, Carson Wentz, I think, has played a little bit better this year than he has in recent years. And uh, in recent weeks, has made a couple of amazing plays, which uh, got my attention. I think, and I and I love Frank Reich. I think he's an excellent coach with a great staff, and most importantly, a great offensive line. I think the Colts would be the team that the Bills might be most concerned with. In the final minute or two, I have with you. Obviously, John Madden uh, just recently passed. Did you ever meet John? Did you see the Madden Cruiser when he came to Buffalo? Um, you know. And, and also, as, as kind of a sidebar answer, how how do you think he impacted people like you in broadcasting? Yeah, it's a good question. The answer, well, no, I did, never did meet him. And, and frankly, he never did a ton of Bills games, right? I mean, they, they never come here for Buffalo Bills games. They were a Fox team for the most part. He and Pat Summerall, so they wouldn't have a chance to come here. And I'm not saying they avoided uh, the Bills, but they didn't do a lot of Bills games during the, his, his, uh, the, the bulk of his uh, career. I know he did a couple. And so, no, I never had a chance to meet him. As far as his impact, I mean, there's no denying what he meant to uh, uh, broadcasting, uh, but I don't think you could ignore what he meant as a coach either. You know, the Raiders were in the 70s and, and early 80s in particular. They were a force. 
in the NFL. They were a, a flagship team for the NFL, and, and Madden sort of uh, embodied that. But as a broadcaster, he even exceeded that with uh, uh, what he did for the game and how popular he made it. Of course, uh, putting his name on the uh, game, uh, um, the games, you know, the Madden games was important too. But um, he was an important part of league history, certainly for what he meant to the broadcasting of games. I think he really was. And I think more than anything, he sort of, uh, the phrase that comes to mind is dumbed down, but that's the the service because it wasn't dumb. But he sort of... uh, brought pro football to the masses you know this is not some complicated strategic uh warfare thing this is a, a game where uh you know it matters who's big and who's strong and who out muscles the other guy and i think men sort of boiled it down to the basic elements of, of that in a, in a explainable and relatable way for many fans and it wasn't as as uh, complicated as, as some analysts maybe tried to present it it was kind of a basic game and and it mattered who was stronger and who was uh, faster and who was smarter. I think uh, Madden did a good job of boiling that down to the essence of the game. You know, you bring up the 70s. That's a great a great thing because that era, you know, John, we, we see through the years dynasties, great head coaches and quarterbacks, uh, amazing players in, in sports like, you know, Tiger Woods, for example, in, in, in the individual world where how many majors, you know, do – Sergio Garcia and Phil Mickelson and Ernie Els have if there's no Tiger. You know, tennis, Nadal, Djokovic, Federer, Andy Murray, Andy Roddick. How many do they have? The Brady Patriots, Peyton Manning, does he have two more? Does does Philip Rivers or somebody else have one? Do, you know, Big Ben, does he have three? Uh, the Jordan Bulls, Ewing, Malone, Stockton, Barkley, all that stuff. None of them got any. Because it, Reggie Miller, because it was Michael Jordan and his time and, and, and that Bulls dynasty. And you think about that that Madden era, if, if the Steelers weren't the Steelers with the Steel Curtain and Stallworth and Franco and Lynn Swan and Bradshaw and Chuck Knoll, hey, Madden might have four rings, right? Yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right. And, and the Raiders were always a factor, you know, in the playoffs and, and even during the regular season. They, they, they had their own brand, too, under Madden and others, but they had their own sort of style and, and a way of playing, which I think was distinctive and, and really important to the NFL during that period. John, thanks for coming on. Um, by the way, you're feeling okay, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm fine. Okay, yeah. awesome. Well, he's the voice of the Buffalo Bills. Can't thank him enough. John Murphy. Thank you, Murph. Thanks, Mike. The ML Sports Platter is brought to you by Brewerton Ace Hardware, Rosie's Corner, the Vince Aguera Consulting Group, Welch and Company Jewelers and our great friends at Stanley Law Offices. The title sponsor of the ML Sports Platter is, in fact, Stanley Law. And, hey, go visit them online at stanleylawoffices.com. That's stanleylawoffices.com. Stanley Law Offices. Together, they'll work to get you the maximum reward. Incredible to have John Murphy on, the play-by-play voice of the Buffalo Bills. I'm Mike Lindsley. Hit me on Twitter, at Sports. And as I always tell you, enjoy the games.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.